Welcome to the Antler Archives, brought to you by White Rock Performance Gear. Quality, performance, and style. Hoodle Lifestyle. Hunt harder, go further, stay longer. Wapiti River Outdoors. Share our passion. And Cliff Creek Coffee. Built for the trail. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Antler Archives for episode 16. Dylan, Craig, and Brian, we're all back in here for the first time in I don't know how long. Dylan and Brian just got back from the mountain after their sheep hunt that unfortunately got ended by bad weather. Dylan's guts started getting upset. He got a little bit too hot. They had to come down. The river crossing got washed out. And I would love to hear more about this. Dylan, Brian, what's going on? Oh, not a whole lot. I'm just sitting here. I guess not really thankful to be home, but my bed's way more comfortable than it was on the mountain. <laughs> yeah, I wish we were still up there, but uh, it's probably better that we came out when we did instead of trying to stay in there. Those uh, creek crossings get pretty gnarly, and the river comes up pretty quick with the rain, so. So so let's quickly recap this. You guys went up uh, August 24th? 22nd. We went 22nd. up. 22nd. You guys were on sheep by day two? Yeah. Yeah. 24th we've seen sheep. So we, so went, we went in on the 22nd. We got to the bottom of the mountain on the 22nd. We were planning to be up in the mountain on the 22nd, but... Uh, Due to some unfortunate events that made our trip in longer, we had to make camp at the bottom of the mountain. So day day one, I guess it would be, of actually in, on the mountain. We hiked up onto the mountain, got into our first camp, and then the second day of being on the mountain is when we woke up to the sheep. And things... Things kind of progressed. Things kind of went downhill. If anybody was watching, uh, they were on sheep day one. They were in grizzly country by halfway through day one. And it just got progressively, seasonably worse from there. Weather moved in. Rain moved in. Altitude sickness got in. Heat stroke came into play. What, what all happened in there, Dylan? So we might as well just start right from the right from the get go. So uh, we got going in, and where we go in, we got across the river three times. And so we got past the first river crossing, and we were coming down. And I looked back behind to see how Brian was making out on his side by side, and kept noticing he kept pulling towards the trees and looked closer, and his one wheel is facing out quite a bit. So we stop and his tie rod was bent like a boomerang. So we tried to straighten it a little bit, but it wouldn't. And we thought, I oh, will try and get down to this flat area and where there is a wide spot on the trail and assess it more there instead of on a hill. So we get down there and there's kind of these rocky, this rocky hill that we got to go down and Brian's ahead of me at this point 
and I watched his front right tire kind of go fold in forward, and it looked like he was almost going to go over, but he didn't, and he stopped there. I walked down to him, and the tie rod snapped in half. <laughs> so we uh, we limped it in. I, Brian went super slow, and I just kind of walked beside him, kicking the tire straight to get up to a flat spot where we could get the machine off the trail. And then from there, we pretty much loaded everything we had onto my quad. And there, yeah, no, no, pretty much. We did load everything. Yeah, <laughs> like, we, uh, all of our gear, everything. You asked me, you said you want to go out and we can get parts and come back in, or you want to keep going. And I said, well, there's no sense in going back out because it might be two or three days before we get parts. Let's keep going. Yeah, so we loaded everything into the quad. Brian hopped on. And we made it to the second river crossing. And that one wasn't bad at all. It was nice out. We could hear a little bit of thunder rolling in, but we it sounded like it was a ways away. And finally got to the third river crossing. And we're like, there's no way people cross right here. It was fast and it looked deep. So we walked the bank back and forth quite a bit looking for another trail. There was none. After more investigation, we realized that that's where all the quads went. I had a buddy in there with an Argo, and that's where his tracks went. And there was another set of quad tracks that went in there. And we thought, okay, well, this must be where we have to cross. So Brian, being the awesome guy he is, stripped down and walked across the river. Because we knew it would be too deep for two people on the quad. So he walked across the river. And then I thought, I'm going to have to hit this pretty hard. So I kind of went down the bank and hit it. And shot across the rapids. And got into the pool on the other side. And then my uh, my belt got soaking wet. And here I am in the middle of this pool. My quad won't move. So I had to jump off in the river and helped the quad out so that was a good start there after that we i was soaked up to the waist and then the thunder started getting closer so brian's getting dressed thunder's getting closer and we thought okay we need to get into the trees at least and not on the bank the lightning was unreal right over top of us crazy thunder like i love thunderstorms so for me this part was awesome because it wasn't raining right yet. But uh, we got back on the quad, started going down the bank. We didn't get far in the bush and on the trail, and it started to hail like crazy. So luckily where we were, there was a big spruce tree, and we hopped under it until the hail let up a bit. And then uh, hail let up, and we thought, well, we're already soaked. We might as well keep going we got a ways left to go. So we kept going and then we get up to the steep hills and <laughs> pretty much went until my front end started lifting up off the ground. And then Brian hopped off. I went up to the top of the hill and waited for Brian to hike up. Then we slowly got in. There's another one and did the same thing. Went up until my front end lifted. Then Brian got off the quad 
we I got up that other one, waited for him, and then we made our way in. And it's just thick, gross willows on the trail the whole way in. So you're getting smacked in the face and just soaked. And it was, it was not a fun ride in. So you see who done all the work here, right, Craig? Yeah, Ryan what a- stripped down to his underwear and crossed the river. <laughs> Brian hiked up the first hill. Brian hiked up the second hill. Like, Dylan rolled the quad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, he didn't, man, even, he didn't your... even want to scoot forward to let me get off. If, what? It, was, if it was your quad, I would have been hiking too. <laughs> what, what, I'm, what I'm taking out of this here, guys, is I, I watch this from a very far way away with, um, I want to say, no more than five text messages and uh, two Zolio updates from Dylan. Uh, over the course of the two and a half days, three three days you guys were out there. But at the end of the day, the best way to explain this is shit hit the fan and it did it really quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, within an hour leaving the truck. The yeah. Side by side was broken and it just kind of... Uh, you know, I don't want to make this a complete bitch session it was a blast like i'm not i will be doing it again yeah um i'm not i'm not here just to complain like but yeah there was a lot of things that we were not prepared to handle i guess um learned a lot of things but going back now we know and won't make some of those mistakes again so be it being the the average guy who I don't want to say I'm a city hunter because I'm I'm absolutely not, but I fall into the category of a city hunter because I'm not really that far from the city. So in in that aspect, when when you talk about things you learned that you won't do again or things you learned that could make things better. What in there is maybe, I don't know, your top your top five things that might make the entrance into that zone a little more user-friendly or be prepared for, you know, X, Y, Z, in case shit hits the fan really quick? Uh, I guess for me, there was really three things that stick out in my mind that kind of bothered me like i i wasn't really expecting it i guess um number one will be two days soaking wet like by the time we got into our camp the first night i was soaked everything in my pack was soaked Um, i packed two extra pairs of underwear uh two pairs of socks um both of them were soaked in my bag. I luckily found, because it was warm, like it was oh, plus 25, plus 28 whenever we left the truck. Yeah, it wasn't cold. It wasn't cold, no. So I packed my base layers in my uh, pack, and luckily they stayed dry. And most of my clothes was in Ziploc bags, but they still got soaked. The the one with my socks and underwear 
got opened up a little bit and they got soaked. But yeah, my base layer tops and bottoms um, stayed dry. So after we got camp set up, I put those on and that's what I wore for the first night and half the next day. That's all, all our stuff dried out. Um, so yeah, my, I guess three things, one would be mentally prepared for the wetness. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, the water. Like we had a little bit of trouble finding water in one spot, but we never ran out of water, but it just tastes disgusting. Um, I done a lot of research before we left and I bought a brand of water tabs that, uh, had decent reviews that type of stuff you know everything was good i filled up my water bottle out of a stream the first night put those water tabs in there like it said mixed them up let them sit outside the tent overnight i was like oh man they'll be nice and cool in the morning it'll taste good it tastes like you were drinking pool water like absolutely disgusting gross then Dylan had some, so we used his the rest of the trip. His were better, but still not quite the same. And some of the water we got was good. Some of the water we got at one point uh, where we had trouble finding water, we were actually catching water off of snow as it was dripping. And I mean, like a drip, drip, drip. We were filling up water bottles and not clean snow, nasty, muddy snow. Yeah. And by the time I got done, I think I had about oh, probably an eighth inch of mud in the bottom of my bottle. You could you could okay. feel the grit. You could feel the grit in your teeth. Yeah. That's like, disgusting. So if if we're talking about water filtration, since we're we're kind of on that topic, and I don't want to get into what brand you guys were using that clearly didn't work the way it should have, or the reviews said they would. What would you guys do next time? Would you spend the time uh, catching and boiling the water using tablets or using a filtration system? So uh, I'm buying a filtration system, hands down, okay. 100%. Um, I actually was looking today after we got home. I was had a little bit of downtime, and I was just looking. And uh, M- MSR, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, they make like a little, just a little hand pump. And actually, even I think off that uh, snow bank where we were catching the water, there was a, just a little stream coming down, but with the neck on your bottle, you couldn't get it down far enough in the rocks to catch it. Okay. There is, I think, with that pump, too, you could make like a little dam and just dam up, and then you could pump the water out of there, and I think it would have been a lot more efficient that way, do too. You, but Do you I think, think the, even with that filtration system in there, you'd still boil the water first? No, I don't think so. No. no. Um, so... What got us going on the pump 
is my buddies that were up on the same mountain. They actually watched us climb up where we climbed up over the ridge and they were thinking, we hope they find water because they've been up there in previous years and there is no water. Oh, so what they actually had was one of those pumps that we're actually looking at. And they said they pumped it out. They would pump the water in and you'd be looking at it and they'd be thinking, Oh, that's gross. Like you could see the worms and everything in there. You look at it in your bottle, it's crystal clear and it tastes like distilled water. Mm. And they never had an issue. They cleaned the filter a couple times and that's that. How many worms do you eat? They said they didn't get any. I didn't keep count. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> as far as ours, I don't know. Most of the time, and like that's that's the biggest thing or one of the big things I found is the water was disgusting and it was hot. You needed to drink, but I found myself not drinking as much as I needed to just because the water was nasty. Well, I didn't want to drink it. Like I told Dylan, I think it was on the second or third day. I said, man, like I'm craving a Gatorade or a Pepsi or something to drink that has good flavor. So that, that was my next question I was going to ask you. Did you guys bring in any, um, like Gatorade powder tubes? So we brought in BioSteel. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The powdered packs of BioSteel. Yeah. And we were actually mixing our water. So we'd put our tabs in to purify the water and everything. And that part of the tab worked really good. It did its job on purifying. But okay. it just with the taste, it just tasted absolutely horrible. So we would actually put in our BioSteel right in our, nal- our one Nalgene bottle that we were drinking so that it would taste somewhat all right <laughs> so that we could taste we could drink it but sure the the water was so little up there you were and we had to drop down quite a bit to get the water you were drinking very little to conserve your water as well oh i see so then just after what was it the third day we're up there just kind of catches up to you especially when you're in like plus 28 degree weather so would you find yourself drinking more or filtering more out of a static source or a dynamic source like is that is that water moving like actually moving or is it just a drainage filtration melted and filled kind of it's kind of just melting and trickling down and throughout the valley at the bottom where we were where we ran into the grizzly there was a good stream down there because you would have all your drainage all in that bowl every snowpack that there was yeah would all drain into that one spot so down there it was good but down there you're also dealing with a grizzly boar yes so then when we went up top we only had the one snowpack and it was trickling but very slowly up high yeah, Dylan went the night that we went up there. Um, Dylan went down and got water, and well, it it took him a while, but like he found a decent spot where he could get water. And the next morning, I went to the same spot. I said, "Well, I'll go in the morning and get water." And 
just because it was in the morning, the sunlight hadn't hit it yet. Like I was literally filling the bottles up out of a drip. It probably took me an hour to fill up two liters, two and a half liters of water. Just yeah, because so it was drip, drip, drip. So that was actually on opening morning. You yeah, that, that would have been opening morning. Yeah. So we the went 25th. out to our spot where we had picked because we had two spots picked to sit in glass for the morning. And we went out to our spots in glass and we got back to the tent, the tent, I think at nine, 10 o'clock. Yeah. About 10, yeah. I think to have breakfast. And, uh, that's when Brian said, oh, I'll go get, I'll go get some water today. You got it yesterday. So I was like, okay. And I was sitting there kind of just had my breakfast, reading my book. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to take advantage of this and had a little nap. Next thing I know, it's 11 o'clock and Brian's just getting back to the tent with our water. So it was so uh, a, a lot of this. Brian, you said at the beginning, your your number one out of the three things was being mentally prepared. Is that more, just listening to you guys, is that more of a mentally prepared for the negative aspects? Because this is a lot of, it's super hot, the road in was shit, you got kind of submerged by water, you're really wet, you're dealing with water issues. Now we're dealing with, we're kind of on the verge of this water doesn't sound like it's good enough (laughs) for any sort of nourishment. Is it more of a, I need to be prepared mentally for negativity and failure, or should I be more mentally just ready? Um. I know that's that's kind of a heavy question. That's why I worded the way that way that I did. I think you have to mentally be be prepared to to put it bluntly. You got to be prepared to get your ass kicked. Sure. And yeah, whether it's from the cold and wet, or not having good tasting water or anything, but you know you need to have it to the heat to pushing over that next ridge because you know that's where you need to go to try and find rams and everything like physically like i mean physically it is basically right on par with what i thought it was going to be yeah which i mean i i'd been doing a bit but like there was no morning that i woke up and I wasn't stiff. I wasn't sore. My feet never got sore. I never felt like I woke up and was like, oh, man, I just can't do it today physically. Yeah, um, every, every morning we woke up, it was like, hey, where are we going today? Like Mentally, I mean, it, it did for me at least. It got better as the trip went on. The biggest thing I think mentally was being wet because uh, what do you do? I mean, you're, you're limited to how much you can pack in. You can't pack in four changes of clothes and wetsuits and this and that. But at the same time, you, 
like I mean, you're you're not going to turn around and go out. Um, but I don't know. To me, the wetness factor was the biggest thing mentally. Like I said, as oh. far as the oh, I got to get over this hill. Yeah, you know, we knew that going into it. Should have known. Hey, you're probably going to end up wet. I just didn't expect to end up that wet, wet that, long. that fast and that long because right. I thought that it would be, hey, we'll see a storm coming. We'll be able to get this tent or tarp set up and we can at least keep the stuff in our packs dry. But it just it hit us so fast and so hard that we didn't have time and then we had to deal with the consequences after what what are your guys thoughts on next year of i don't i don't disagree with the ziploc bag but i mean there's there's definitely different ways of transporting gear to keep it dry water bags dry bags you know the list goes on yeah it, it does add weight and we talked previously about um, adjusting your guys's pack weights so you're not carrying a 60 70 pound bag and now we can stop dropping pounds and ounces but after this experience what do you think about now maybe i should have thrown that in a dry bag maybe i should have brought this or a different type of bag that could keep my shit a little bit drier maybe put my ziploc bag in a bag kind of thing well, we've been talking about that pretty much ever since we got back. We got a few brewing, but we're going to test that out this October when we go back into it for another sheep hunt. <laughs> so, so you guys uh, are going back in. Yes, we'll we're going, see. We're going to try. if, As long as our days up line up and we have time, we're going to try our hardest to get back in for another sheep hunt late October. Okay. Why, why in October? The rut. Look at this guy's uh-huh. close to the rut. They rut roughly the same time as deer do. They rut in November. Okay. So yeah. when you go in later October, that's it. You look at it as the same as a deer. Later October is when the rams will start coming in to try and find the ewes. And they'll just, they'll be watching those bands of ewes more than right now. They're off on their own. So like this trip, we've seen lots of ewes. And lots of banana rams. And that's it. So now I've been brainstorming like crazy of areas because, well, I live here. So now I'm trying to figure out where I can, we can go. And I got an area picked out. And after talking to a few people that have hunted it in October, they do say the rams do move in there later in October. We'd like to take a moment to thank one of our many great sponsors for the show, Hudo Lifestyle. Hunt harder, go further, stay longer. Hudo has all kinds of gear for the serious hunter, including feather light pull-out stash pouches for your pack, base and outer layers to keep you warm on your next hunting adventure. Hudo also has you covered after the kill with lightweight, reusable game bags and an assortment of fixed and replaceable blade knives to help with processing your game. Or grab some stylish swag for when you and your buddies are sitting around the fire in the evening reminiscing about the day's hunt. See all Hudo has to offer 
at Hudo Lifestyle on Facebook, Instagram, or HudoLifestyle.ca. Hooked up, tagged out, Hudo. So we're going to try and go for that. And it's another area that holds lots of use early season right now. So the, this second trip you guys are talking about, this is a new area, same zone, different time of year. Uh, completely new area. Yeah. The only reason being that we're going to a completely new area and not back to the same area is because those two hills that Brian had to hike up, I would never want to go down those in snow. We had to go down them in mud this time, and that was sketchy enough as it is. Snow, I think you were asking for a big disaster. Okay, I got you. So I think, I think yeah, if you go down in snow, you're better off to strap a toboggan to yourself and hope for the best. <laughs> so overall, positive or negative trip? I'm going to put it as definitely a positive trip. I like besides being wet and getting sick, that has probably been one of my one of my most favorite hunts physically and like I'm never going to forget that. First sheep hunt it was very physically demanding. Everything I everything I expected. Uh, we got to see sheep. Our goal going into this hunt was just to see sheep. Get on sheep. And we did. And you did that by day two. Exactly. We woke up to the, in the tent. Brian opened the tent. and was like, oh, sheep. And I'm like, no, there is. And yeah, I looked up and Skyline coming over the ridge were, what was it, 16 sheep? Uh, I thought it was 18. 18 sheep? Maybe it was 16. I I thought it was 18, but maybe it was 16. But yeah, like I'm going to chalk it up as a positive. The amount of stuff that we learn, packing, how sheep act, everything. I think it was a good positive trip. I agree. Um, I would consider it a positive. Like I said, we did meet our goal of seeing sheep. I think the area that we were in just doesn't have the mature legal rams in it right now. At that uh, time of year. Yeah, this time of year. And I feel like I learned I learned more from doing this trip than I ever could from reading a book or reading articles or listening to podcasts, that type of thing. So, mm-hmm. so Dylan, you, I, I, I think you, uh, I think you pieced out there for a little bit while we were talking, but I asked Brian what his top three uh, take homes were from this event. And his first thing was being mentally prepared. What would you, what would you put on your, your number one take home? from all of this that you could advise to um, the average Joe like me, who's, who's also never been on a sheep hunt. Like I want to, but um, who's never been on there. What could you suggest or guide me in the direction of, Hey Craig, when you go up there, you might want to do this. What's your number one thing? Well, 
I hate to be cliche, but uh, that saying that everybody says you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable, that couldn't be more true. Totally. Like mentally, physically, everything. Physically, you're beating your body down to nothing. Like we were on a four-day hunt. I lost nine pounds in four days. You can't not beating the crap out of your body doing that. And it's not because he didn't pack food. Oh, I had to, I had more, I had enough food to feed all three of us for ten days. It was ridiculous. But uh, like physically, you need to prepare yourself. You need to hike with weight, not just hike around, but you need to train with weight. Uh, mentally, you have to be mentally prepared to be soaking wet. And if you do get soaking wet. You might not get dry for a day or two. It sucks, but if you wanna if you wanna have a chance at seeing sheep or seeing a legal ram and getting a ram, that's what you gotta do. It's the same thing as going deer hunting. If you get caught in a snowstorm, well are you gonna go home? No, you're gonna go you're gonna go sit in that stand. You're gonna suck it up. And that might be the day that you shoot your biggest deer. Right. It, so you got to be prepared to be wet for long periods of time. Be physically prepared. And I mean, I went into this sh- into this sheep hunt in the worst condition I've ever been in in my life. And I did a lot better than I expected to physically. And I think Brian can agree with that. Like, you look at the hills and it's like, oh, we got to go up that. And you right. may take a full afternoon, but you do it little bit by little bit. You just take your time. Um, one thing I am going to do for if we go in there again, I am going to buy one of those Heli Hansen rain suits for the ride in. Sure. It's a thick suit. It's gonna keep your it's gonna keep whatever you have underneath you dry for all those willows hitting you. Then when you do get in there and you are ready to go, well hopefully you're mostly dry. Might be a little bit damp. Um Yeah, that's trying to keep stuff dry in your pack. Like like you said, if you could have like dry bags, it's hard to put everything in dry bags because you have a limited amount of room. Right. You have to really pick and choose what you put in your dry bags and packing. Like I said, I had enough food to feed all three of us for 10 days probably. (laughs) I thought in my mind we're going to be burning all these calories. I'm going to be eating lots to make up for it. Well, when you're that tired and you're putting yourself through that much work you're not hungry right i don't know out of out of my whole thing i came i came home with 90 percent of it yeah like well even even me to kind of put it in perspective like i done a lot of prep for food and kind of figured it out and depending on what freeze-dried meal I had in the evenings. I was, I had packed 23 to 2,500 calories a day. 
somewhere right around in there. And even me, I was not eating all my food throughout the day. Right. That that plays into now. I'm maybe maybe one day we should get a, a nutritionist on here, but I'm not a nutritionist by any means. But in in my days of fighting wildfires in BC and climbing up and down mountains all day long, you're absolutely right. You might pack and prepare for 36, 4,200 calories a day, and you might be lucky if you're actually ingesting 1,800 of those. Yeah, exactly. just just simply due to you're drinking more or less depending on the altitude and how hard you're working. It counts into how much work you're actually putting into it, the physical fitness, the temperature, and even me on a hot day now on flat ground at um, 250 meters above sea level or whatever we're sitting at here. If it's hot, I don't eat. And I'm not even working hard. And that's just it. Like, I don't know, is a cold is a late October hunt when it's cold are gonna be different? Are you gonna be eating more? Probably. I'd I imagine, would say so. I'd yeah. imagine so. But how much? So that's where we're really gonna be testing it again. <laughs> I know for one thing, I will not have as much food as I did. To put it this way, I had 20... My food alone was 20 pounds. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, maybe and Brian my, and my, my, wife, my ex-wife is currently trying to take me for every penny I have. So I might get to join you guys in like 2028. But by <laughs> then, I might be in decent shape. Well, you by know, then, I probably won't be in decent shape. You got food to feed me good. Okay, well, I can go alone. Then we're good. <laughs> no, that was so, joke, that was a joke throughout the whole trip. Is Brian could have forgot his food in the in the quad, and I still would have had enough to feed him. That's good. At least you're looking out for other people. <laughs> yeah. So if we take this as a general whole. Yeah, the trip was good. We learned a lot. We carried lots. We realized what we didn't need. Dylan, what happened to you physically near the end? What what added to, yeah, we need to pull the pin on this. And I'm not just talking about the weather busting down your exit. Well, just right from the start, you're pushing your body to an, a whole other level. Packing a, went in with a 70-pound pack. Because we did plan for ten, for seven days, yeah. Uh, pushing yourself to a level to get to where you want to go, then without the with minimal water and the heat added on top of that. Uh, right before it all hit me, we got up and over into a new basin, and we were we sat there and we were glassing, no shade, right in the middle of the heat. And I thought, you know what, let's walk over here and get a better angle at the opposite side of the bowl where we can't see. And anybody that knows me, it's, oh, what's around that corner? What's around that corner? Next thing I know, I'm down on another saddle on the opposite end of the bowl that we're sitting on. 
and Brian went around the other way just to look over a little bit, but Brian's a little bit more conservative with that than I am. So he went to right where he wanted to go to. Well, I'm way over on this other side and I looked back and right under Brian where he couldn't see a ram popped out. A nice young, like a young ram. But in my mind, first time being sheep hunting, I'm like, okay, a ram just came out. Typically when I see him, you never see one ram by himself. No. So I'm like, I got to get back over there and I got to get the spotting scope and everything and get over to Brian and we got to get eyes on this ram in case more get in, more come out somewhere where we could shoot. So I hustle all the way back and I push myself pretty hard to get back to the packs. I did grab my water bottle and the spotting scope, got down to Brian and from where I glassed that ram to where we got to, I was probably, what would you say, Brian, 800 yards? Roughly? Oh, yeah, I would say at least. Got if up you and were... back to Brian. If... We snuck within 150 yards of this ram. And we sat there and sat there and sat there for a couple hours and nothing popped up. And then finally we looked at the time and we're like, hey, we got to get going back. And the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm feeling it felt like a migraine starting. And I'd say to Brian, man, I got to lay down. I just, I'm not feeling good. Like, I feel like my head's just pounding. And I just got to lay down. I've, I had a couple little like 10, 15 minute naps, just trying to make it go by. And we finally called it and started hiking back up to the packs. Well, it took everything I had. We had about 500 yards to the packs. It took me an hour. Wow. And it wasn't super steep. No, it, it was wasn't a... super steep. It wasn't bad country there. Nope. Like and... we were more or less side hilling than anything. Up a and... little bit, but. And yeah, just it. I would I would walk 30, 40 yards. And I'd feel like I just had nothing in me. And then I'd be finally got up to where I set my water bottle. And Brian actually went up and got it for me. And I started drinking and then I just got sick. And it felt like I had to puke like crazy. So then I try and push a little bit more. Have to sit and take a break. The next thing I know, it just hit me and I started puking like crazy. And it was actually at work the week before. It was really, really hot temperatures. And we had a pipe fitter that actually got heat stroke. And he started puking like crazy and everything. We had to send him to the hospital. And it was a few weeks prior. My daughter actually got heat stroke and everything. She was hospitalized for almost a week. So that kind of sunk in. I'm like, well... I'm nowhere near a hospital. There's no easy way to get out of here. I can't put myself in a situation where Brian's leaving a friend up on the mountain. I got to hit an SOS button. Like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be the guy to call it, but I also didn't want to be the guy to put a friend in that kind of situation either. Or Or my family at that. So, 
with it being what it was, we weren't seeing legal rams. We weren't even seeing anything close that was like, oh, that might be close to legal in a year or so. We're just like, you know what, let's let's get back to our tent and then we'll kind of see how we're feeling at that point. After I puked, I did feel a lot better. And then we got up to the packs finally. And I actually had my hydro pack, my water bladder that had 600 milliliters of fresh water that I filled in from the day from when we left town. And I had originally two liters in there and it just had happened to be 600 milliliters left. I drank that whole 600 milliliters. Like it was going out of style. And I felt a lot better after that. We made it back down to camp and then, my friends that were across on, on the same mountain, they Zolio messaged me and said that they were going to head out the next day because of the weather. And then that just kind of made our decision a lot easier. So look, looking at now I'm, I'm, I'm broad spectrum in this. So we had kind of a shitty entrance. We had some really ridiculous hills that Brian did all the work for. Our water situation wasn't all that great. We were soaked the whole way through. And then the heat kicked in and you got heat stroke. If if I was to put all those together and do a bunch of addition and put like a, a finalization line on the bottom, it says shit show. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, a completely I'm, awesome fun shit show. I'm I'm sitting here <laughs> where it's nice and dry. Uh, I don't want to say nice and dry. I've been sweating my bag off down home for the last four days, but it's it's nice and dry. And I've been listening to you guys' updates and seeing the messages come through. And then I've been talking to you guys outside of today. You learned a lot. You've been through a lot. And I would say, I don't. I, I'm not going to put you guys as a couple, but as a hunting pair, you've grown a lot over the four, three, three and a half, four days you guys were up there. I'd oh. say this was a successful mission, even though you didn't see anything legal, and you didn't pull a trigger. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, I think so. Yeah, like it was the. The the good times definitely made up for the bad. Right. Going going in until we got to like I I remember we got up to where we camped the second night. So the first night we camped at the bottom of the hill, uh, right off the quad. The next morning we got up and it was actually raining that morning, so we just stayed in the tent till 10 10 30 let the rain pass dry our gear out a little bit more and then we started up the hill and of course we got soaked going up because it was thick willows that type of stuff so we were soaked whenever we got up to the top and i remember thinking whenever we got up to like the first bowl there oh everything's gonna be good now and dylan had beat me up by a couple minutes and I just popped up over the hill and he pointed and I was like, oh, sheep. 
it's got to be sheep. I look over and there's a huge grizzly bear standing there digging on the hillside. And at that moment, <laughs> if you would ask me if it was a successful trip, I would have told you, no, no way. But things got better from there. We set up a clothesline that afternoon and just kind of glassed from where we were at. Um, the bear didn't hang around for too long. And I think we were both tired. We were going to stay there. And if he had anything to say about it, we were probably going to get in a fight over territory between us and the grizzly bear. Cause I don't think we could have pushed much further. Oh, I thought you were talking about territory fight between you and Dylan. That would have been good. No, no right. I definitely would have won that one. That wouldn't have been much of a fight. Yeah. One by <laughs> weight. Yeah. <laughs> No comment. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I remember, yeah, looking over at that grizzly bear, and I told Dylan, I said, I'm going to put one in the chamber. I said, I I can't go much further than this. I said, if he comes over here, then we'll deal with it, but we'll leave him alone, and hopefully he leaves us alone. And he did. So it was one of the coolest experiences I've had with a bear. And I the funniest, I think the funniest moment of this whole trip was when we got up to the first opening, the first meadow, and you knew you were in the alpine then, and I could see up and I could see where it looked like a nice flat top at the bottom of this bowl. And I said to Brian, I said, I know you probably want to set up camp down here but i think up there is going to be the best spot for us and brian looked at me like he wanted to grab me and strangle me (laughs) and i'm just like i just kept moving and he's like i really don't want to go up there but okay and we just kind of kept trucking 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 and i just said i'm gonna keep i'm gonna go at my pace and brian said yeah i'm gonna go at my pace and we get there and we get there and like Brian said, I got up a little bit earlier than him and I kind of circled around and I actually thought about poking out over towards where that grizzly was because the way the trees were, I couldn't see that grizzly, but that's where I was headed. And then it just by fluke, I looked up and I'm like, oh, there's a spot, dude, because there's some really short, like head high uh, kind of pines and uh, they're thick. I just seen one line through them. I'm like, oh, I could fit through there. And that's just where I went through. And I was like grabbing onto their roots and pulling myself up. And I came out about 100 yards away from this bear. And then circled <laughs> back up, circled back up to the top. Still didn't know he was there. Took my pack down and like, I'm just in awe looking at everything. I'm like, this is so cool. And then I turn around and look. I'm like, oh, hey, buddy. <laughs> nice to see you up here. And at that point, like, usually I'm very bear aware, just growing up here, having the amount of grizzlies and the size of grizzlies we have. That point, honestly, I could care less that he was there. I was like, whoa, that's pretty sweet. But I really didn't care that he was there. I knew we were staying there because that's as we pretty that's as much as we could do. Right. And yeah. Me and Brian were like, well, both our guns are ready to go. We hope we do not have to use them at all. 
we set up the spotting scope with the phone scope and my binoculars with my phone scope on them and got some cool pictures and videos and uh he caught our wind and took off and never did return i'm i'm excited to see some of these photos i'm surprised i haven't seen any yet well yeah, did I... dylan didn't send you any of the videos or anything uh one or two but they're all distorted because they're through text message so well, yeah, not much. I'll send some more tomorrow there, Craig. I just, it's been kind of a relax, trying to relax and get stuff ready because I leave again tomorrow for another elk hunt. Uh, my wife's been on shift. I've been just kind of hanging out with the kids and yeah, haven't been on my phone all too much. It's all good. I'm still watching my trail cameras to see if anything pops up, but so far... Oh, yeah, it's looking pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> looking good through your spotting scope. Yeah, that's about it. So, what did you see last night? Uh, I don't know. I've been, uh, I don't want to say I'm cursed, but I feel like I'm on the, uh, the fork horn spike curse this year. I've got seven different spikes. And two forks, a really weird, quirky single fork on one side and like a trifecta crown on one side. Uh, Last night, I did manage to see a decent three by three or three by four across the valley and a wicked wide whitetail. I don't know. I was looking at him five, six hundred yards away. And he was wicked wide. And by the time I closed the gap, he was gone. His little buddy was there still with his doe. But I don't know. I want to say at best, this deer is three to four inches outside his ears and pretty tall. So it's the second time I've seen him. It's the first time I've seen him through glass. The first time was just eyeball through a rifle scope because I was, uh, on a coyote mission here a couple couple days ago. But I don't know. I'm hoping I'm hoping I pick him up on camera over the next couple of days. I'm I'm out almost every night with the scope sitting at the end of the driveway here watching them because they're just across the valley, across the house. So hopefully something comes of it because I got nothing else. It's pretty uh pretty bleak season so far. That'll <laughs> come around. That's the plan. I, I fletched up some arrows here last night and I labeled them one, two, three, four. So hopefully number one actually does its job and I don't have to shoot all four. That's right. That's okay. I I leave at five in the morning to go up north for an elk hunt and uh, I got my backpack ready. That's a good start. <laughs> yep. It should have been half packed from sheep hunting. Pretty much, I took the food out. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm hoping my dad's got an eyeball on a 50 inch bull, um, a moose here, uh, about ten and a half miles south of me. Nice. In, in in the zone I drew, so we're keeping an eye on him to see kind of where he goes over the next couple of weeks. Dad works in the area, hey, so. We'll see. We'll see what happens here. He's keeping me updated almost daily. He sees him every other day, so that's awesome. Good. And I Bigger actually did that. have to uh, unpack my whole pack, Brian. 
Oh. I got my uh, Hudo order in today. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I uh, got all my pack bags, so I got all those put away. I got the new tarp. So I put that in my kill kit and everything and got the uh, Limitless knife. What bags did you order? Did you order the zip bags? Uh, just the pack, uh, the pull-out stash bags. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wicked. How much yeah. coffee are you taking? How much coffee am I taking? Yeah. Brian, do you want to answer how much coffee I took on the backpack trip? Uh, <laughs> about a gallon bag full. Holy shit. Yeah. I wasn't going in there without enough coffee, and... Don't get me wrong, sitting up there in the mountains with a coffee being made in the jet boil is probably one of the best tasting coffees I've ever had. Mind you, it was Cliff Creek, but uh, I think you could have had freaking McDonald's up there and it still would have tasted good just because of where you were. (laughs) Good. I think Dylan's pack was probably a little heavier than mine was well it's it's, it sounded like because you said yours weighed just over 50 and his was 73 or something i i ended up being i think 62 all said and done but i had the tent i had the spotting scope i had the first aid kit um what did dylan carry i carried the stove his gun the stove, oh, my gun, gun, and coffee. His, yeah, coffee. his gun and coffee. Okay, good. His gun and coffee. Yeah, that was pretty much it. I I'm even not, had to pack him halfway up the hill. I had to carry I'm him. And that freaking three and a half pound stove. Yeah. I think that stove's what got the most of it. Like, that was what weighed my pack down the most. Yeah. No, not all those bear paws and Slim Jims you had. Nope. Okay. <laughs> hey, when, when you put it into perspective, a bear paw is the first snack that goes in my bag. <laughs> not I just because, not just because I got kids, but I mean, the bear paws are good for what they, they are. are. They're they're good. They're filling. They're full of calories. They're awesome. They are. I think every every hunter that has kids can say the same thing because that's <laughs> one of the first things that goes in my pack as well. I got I got more bear paws than I have adult food in my house. Let's be honest here. <laughs> uh, no, it okay. was it was awesome. Dylan, you're out for an elk hunt leaving tomorrow. Brian, where are you going next? Uh hanging around the house for a few days. I go back to work in a couple days. And then my next set off is over the long weekend coming up here, September long. I uh, got some family coming up. We're going to try and get my brother-in-law an elk. We'll see how that goes. I'm not sure how many days he's going to stay up for yet. Depends on how many he can get off. And then after that, it is up to hunt with Travis with Wapiti River and Dylan. Wicked. September's looking pretty full. I think every one of my days off except for one, I have a hunt planned here to go somewhere. Can't go wrong with that. 
No. So when are you going to join us, Craig? Uh, did I mention my wife's taking me for my bank account right now? Uh, <laughs> I'm 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 looking at next year as my plan. Next year. Next year is the plan. It's some, something is going down. Next year in Antler Archives Elk Hunt. Sounds sounds like a plan. I like it. I got, there. The, I got the holiday trailer. I'll pull her up. Sweet. I'll bring the horses. Perfect. Might as well go for <laughs> sheep then. Well, let's let's not bite <laughs> off more than we can chew here. <laughs> Craig says it didn't sound like you guys had too much fun. Don't worry, Craig. We got her down to a science after this. It depends how much I want to puke, right? We're professionals now. I yeah, did not I'll... puke once, Craig. You let me know like how that. everything goes in October, and then we'll figure it out. <laughs> I think I puked more on this trip, enough on this trip for all of us. <laughs> I didn't feel myself lose weight, though, so obviously not enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually, I hope this October trip works out. I, I, I think it'll be really good. Future that... episodes. Stand by. I'm just a sucker for punishment. Yeah, 100%. I think a little bit of both. Yeah, it's not a that or, it is an I am. Yeah. Well, we still, we still got to go down into our one elk spot. Oh, that should yep. be good. In the September. <laughs> yep, yep. So that'll be, uh, that'll be uh, another whole adventure on its own. But all in all, this season has started off with a bang, that's for sure. Wicked. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hearing more stories. I'm looking forward to everybody else hearing our stories. With that, we're bringing episode 16? 16. 16. Yeah. 16 yeah. <laughs> to a close, I can't keep track of what episode we're on. They're all awesome. Stick around for episode 17 of the Antler Archives in two weeks.